incredible oh my god it's a it's a, for those uh listening it's a sequin cushion you know those sequin cushions where you you, you they show different things depending on what direction the sequins are facing <laughs> so it's black on one side and then when you sweep your hand over it in a very pleasing motion i love these sequin cushions i love playing with them it reveals the mona lisa but Nicolas Cage. With the face of Nick Cage. Yes. I think my favourite thing is at the edge of each line, it sort of looks like a tear because it's the whiter thingy. Yeah. So you can just make it look like it's a, a thing that's been discovered. It's like, what could this be? When I came... When I, <laughs> and then you reveal that it's Nick Cage. When I came down this morning, I discovered that Tanisha had, before she left for work, um, made it just his face. Oh, God. And then written morning underneath it. Oh, that seasons. is amazing. Uh, I bet so... she was like... <laughs> No way Probably. you can do that that intricately. And Probably. Not, like, oh, we oh, made shit, I need we to did make you. it Batman the other day. <laughs> we made him into Batman. But um, oh I, I I can't bring myself to do that right now. How Hello. Was, how was your birthday overall? It was lovely. Man? It was. Uh, we I saw the Rocky Horror Show <laughs> at the Opera House in Manchester. That was really good. That was really really good. Um and yeah, made merry and stuff. Was it a Got... science fiction double feature? Science fiction! Yes. Did Dr. X build a creature? Dr. X did build a creature. <laughs> uh, um, did you see androids fighting Brad and Janet? Not androids. Oh. But um, Anne Francis did star in Forbidden Planet. Did they then go to a distant... Yeah. Yes, yes. Planet, yeah. The servants oh, have whoa, gone to whoa, a distant whoa. planet. Whoa, oh. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. At the midnight. Ooh, yeah. Double feature. Well, 8pm. <laughs> Science fiction, picture, live show. We by did... RK, by a touring production company. Oh. 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 We did, in fact, repeat the time slip once again. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, dear. Um, um, in case you're wondering, everybody, yes, you are currently listening to a podcast in the best universe. The best. Um, the best universe. We are your gangly, mangly, dirty and unseemly, unsightly and occasionally just plain filth. We are your infected hosts. Christopher, please don't squeeze me there. For I'm at shit, Johnson. <laughs> and uh, Matthew, touch a touch a touch a touch me. I wanna be Watson. Um, <laughs> that made you giggle, didn't it? That's, that's, yeah, it was, it was the draw, it was the droll delivery. Watson, uh, Watson. Which else is beautiful? More, more, <laughs> more. What? <laughs> Pop culture. Yes. Yeah, that's what we talk about here. In case you don't know, welcome to Big Dumb Cast. Uh, yes. Later on, we're going to be touching on the Lemmy Snicket con- conclusion to the Netflix series. I'll give my spoiler-free roundup of it all. Um, we also talking about the new Ghostbusters film that's in development that is a sequel. What? But not to the film you're thinking. It's actually a sequel to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Oh, don't. I found out this week that... Right. Oh, so, God, no. What team, have I done? The team that rebooted Ninja Turtles for the previous iteration that was out the last few years... The, the live-action one. ...is rebooting it again. Sure, 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 sure. 
Sure. Because that's what we sure. need. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Um, we've also sure. got a little bit of nonsense about the 10-year challenge later on as well. Yes. Uh, we're going to find out if it works audibly. <laughs> Let's will. find out. It will. Uh, and also, we're going to finally beat each other up. Yeah. Like we promised last week. Uh, with a Pokemon battle during the show. We're going to have a Pokemon Go battle. Pokemon <clears throat> Go Pokemon battle. But um, first! But first! Hey, Matt! Yes! Did you go on the internets yesterday? Nope! I was completely uh, cut off from the network. What happened <clears throat> yesterday? Well, Was it sir. wonderful? <laughs> well, Is sir. the world fixed? Um... I think Trump might be Jesus because apparently he made three hundred hamburgers into a thousand hamburgers. Treesus, treesus, treason, Jesus, treesus, 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 and treesus may, treesus may, didn't deliver again. So, bit like Hermes. Hey, hey, Amazon like just got a note through the letterbox. I was in all day and they just put a note through. No one knocked on the door. Don't have on that. That's irritating. Constantly. But you know what isn't irritating? Um, antibacterial underwear? I don't know. What isn't irritating? Creams. Creams. Um, uh, of which there were plenty squirted hither and thither. Oh. A premature release <laughs> of the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. What? So, last week, Tom Holland teased with a fan who made a really funny little visual skit about them releasing their Far From Home trailer soon because they need to know what's going to happen. Uh, he made a joke, said, like, I'll have a word with Sony. I gotta know! Yeah, I think that meant he knew the trailer was coming out soon anyway, and he was oh, just teeing yeah. it up. But it was yeah. great, because it got... Uh, considering he's just recently joined social media, Jake Gyllenhaal is he's doing it really well. Um, the same way Will Smith did when he arrived. It was like, wow, it's like you've always done this. Basically, you are really good at what this. happened is they just got a personal brand manager. Maybe, but he, <laughs> Tom Holland did a... Uh, uh, last night they announced they were doing the Far From Home, they were going to release the trailer... And Tom Holland uh, live-streamed the debut of it was on his Instagram story. Well, yeah, because it's Tom Holland. That's what he does. Um, and during it, Zendaya and Jake Gyllenhaal were commenting throughout the whole thread, going, Brilliant. Like, play it! Stop talking and play it! Brilliant. <laughs> it's like, great. Um, <clears throat> so. Yes. Pros and cons. Yes. Con. Send people into the tizzy. Everyone's now going, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought Spider-Man disappeared did in Infinity War. What's going on? Oh, that's going to be fixed. <clears throat> well, yeah. But keep in mind, there are a big portion of the audience who aren't comic book savvy, who won't necessarily be, or, you know, or, or maybe genre savvy in a way where they'd see that and go, oh, right. ah, okay, so there's going to be a thing. Or they'd have watched the first one and gone, oh, no, yeah, these people will be back. Like, there are those who genuinely believe those characters are gone. Um, you're an idiot. Sorry. I saw someone on Twitter talking about it saying that the moment they realised it wasn't permanent was when both Black Panther and Spider-Man disappeared. They were like, yeah, "Yeah, no, this is not permanent. Yeah. Up to that point, they were like, I thought it was going to definitely happen. And then those guys went, it was like, no. The fact that it's all the newer (laughs) characters who disappear, as opposed to the older characters whose contracts are up. Yeah. (laughs) Means that, yeah. Also, like, why would you... Mm, no, you but just there's wouldn't. Also, there's, you also just wouldn't. Fan th- there's also fan theories bouncing around that this story could take place before Infinity War. Well, it doesn't, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, give- there's a giveaway in the trailer that it doesn't. The plane tickets uh, and the stamps on his face in the poster, which is great. It's yes. for the mask with a bunch of travel stamps on it. Yes. Uh, confirm... Uh, the plane, the, the plane ticket in the trailer is more of a solid confirmation because the poster is obviously a teaser. Confirmed yeah. that it's set in July 2019. Yes. 
So, yeah, this is after Infinity War and the time thing. Unless, of course, Spider-Man's timeline is going to fuck it all up again. Oh, yeah, probably. <clears throat> so who knows? This was ten years ago. No, it yeah, wasn't. This, yeah, this film takes place before Spider-Man Homecoming, then, according to Sony. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Which is impressive. Um, well, he's got to be far from home before he can come home. Now, I'm delighted by this as a fan, true. I'm delighted by this um, as uh, a fan of like, the recent era of Spider-Man comics. Because yes. like Parker Industries and, and Spider-Man Worldwide was the big like final stretch of Dan Slott's run. And it was really cool to kind of see him mm. do some more well, sort of like mission-led stories yeah, in different countries. It's and just stuff. something different, isn't it? Yeah. Like, so we're getting a flavour of that in this. We're getting to see him in Venice, in London. Yeah. Um, I think there are a few other spots confirmed in the trailer, but we don't sort of linger on like, you know, uh, sort of touristy shots. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Two weeks in Europe, Ned continues to be brilliant. Oh, God, yeah. The international trailer has an alternate take of the dark moment. Where he doesn't even get as far as saying, like, I was just talking <laughs> into my foot. Like, it doesn't even get that far. It's really yeah. weird. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, of course, it's also an alternate take of the dickwad moment. Oh, the awkward dub. Where yeah. he just cuts away to Peter early and you hear Flash go, loser. In a, yeah. bit, in a bit of audio that's probably cut from the first movie somewhere. Yeah. It's really weird. And yeah, and the Zendaya, um, Tom Holland bit of flirting in the theatre is a slightly different take in the international trailer as well. Yeah. Which implies to me that they're they're doing the... <clears throat> the in the character scenes, they're letting people play mm. and they're pick and choosing from takes. Mm-hmm. Now, as long as they don't overindulge, like, you know, some films tend to do... Is this still John Watts directing, by the way? I think it is, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um... <laughs> The clown guy does it again. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, the story, based on the summary we've talked about previously, appears to be true. Nick Fury recruits Spider-Man's help in a worldwide mission uh, to battle against the Elementals, teaming up with Quentin Beck. Oh yeah, they're battling against the air quotes elementals now to be fair we see a creature made of earth. We see a creature made of fire. Yeah, I know. We see a creature made of water. Which, and here's the thing, right? So the Elementals, for those we've talked about before, for those who don't know, the Elementals are like, we're talking Steve Ditko era kind of like, yeah, like yeah. Um, Jack Kirby kind of. Not Spider-Man villains. Not Spider-Man. I think they've, they've probably popped up in like a Marvel team. I mean, or at this point, Spider-Man's for everyone. Spidey will yeah. face them at some point. Um, but they're more sort of like Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Thor kind of bad guys. Like yeah. They're just they're these big, powerful things that are made of the elements that rock up occasionally and cause chaos. Think the Titans from Greek mythology. Like, yeah. Kind of like that. Um but, but when they said that they were going to be the villains in the Spider-Man movie, I was like, that's interesting. Okay. But also Mysterio's in it. Are you really going to, is Mysterio really going to be a good guy? Are you going to pass upon the opportunity to have Mysterio? Because one of the great things about Spider-Man Homecoming, and yeah. arguably the two Ant-Man movies, is the villains were very self-contained to that story. Yeah. And their plan wasn't immediate world domination, which was yeah. sort of refreshing for, for these movies in a way. Even Doctor Strange had that to a point because all the damage was outside of our reality. There's just like um, one street at the end that gets screwed up. Yeah, it yeah. gets fixed. Um, <clears throat> that's kind of refreshing every now and again. That, you know, lower the scale of the threat. So Mysterio was like, you don't get much lower scale threat than Mysterio. Special, <laughs> special effects wizard with a goldfish ball for a head. Fucking Spidey, shade right throne. No, but I love Mysterio, but part of the charm of him is that he's kind of, you know. He's a bit of a source, fuck up, yeah. A novelty villain. A bit like the Shocker. Yeah. Um, <coughs> who appeared in the last one. Yeah. And Vulture in the last one. Vulture... Was terrifying, and it was the way Keaton played it, and and the the costume design, and the music, and everything. But again, it was just a dude robbing shit, looking scary while he's doing it. Yeah, small scale threat. 
Mysterio sort of fits into the same thing. Like, you've got Spidey villains who plan bigger. Doc Ock plans bigger, usually. Yeah. Um, uh, Green Goblin, not so much, but Norman Osborn, definitely. But again, we've seen that. <clears throat> yeah, Kingpin, seen Kingpin plans bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, well then again, I still want the MCU to tackle the Avengers sort of Norman Osborn, Green Goblin. Yeah, maybe. That would be fucking incredible maybe. if they did that. Maybe. Um, who would you cast? Uh, Brian Cranston. Ooh, no. no, everyone cast Brian Cranston for everything. Yeah, so let's cast him uh, for the character really have fun. <laughs> no, we can't have Defoe anymore. He's Volko no. oh, now. Oh no, <laughs> I do want Defoe again though. Um, who would I cast? As? McConaughey's expressed interest. Yeah, McConaughey would be actually pretty good. A I'd pretty like good to Norman. see him in a villainous role. And his Harry would definitely be the same age as Peter as well. He, well, yeah. You, there wouldn't be a thing of like, yeah, why yeah, is this yeah. old man? Why is this old man of a 15-year-old son? <laughs> like, he's 75. Yes. He's crumbling to dust. Oh, wait, that's just because of the snap. Um, oh, but, no. But yeah, so Mysterio's that small-scale thing. Yeah. yeah, this is totally a scam. If I remember correctly, one of his first yeah. stories, if not his yeah. first, I might be wrong, was uh, a faked-out alien invasion. Yeah. Which they, adap- they adapt into the Spider-Man 2 video game. Yes. It's a fake-out alien invasion. And in the comic, Mysterio saves everyone from the aliens at like the last minute in a big speculative, spectacular bravado move. And everyone, including Spidey's like, wow, that's, wow, this that's guy's, really cool. This guy's got some chops. And then they find out a bunch of banks have been robbed during it. Yeah, yeah. But of course, no one connects it to Mysterio because everyone's like, well, that, that guy came in and saved the day. We all saw him arrive. I it's, honestly will yeah. be shocked <laughs> if this isn't a Mysterio... Um... Well, I mean, the trailer reinforces that potential because... He first rocks up at the end looking fucking cool. Oh, yeah. Like, it's what I love about it is it's comic accurate, and then you've got, yeah. like, the armoured plating on top yeah. of it. So, like, because you look at those arms and legs, that's the weird little, like, um, scale pattern green. He's, the gloves are straight out of the comic book with the pointy, the four pointed corners. I love it. I love it. Um, I love all of it. And he's minus goldfish ball. He's all handsome, rugged Jake ah, Dillonhall. No, in and the long shot, he's got the goldfish well, he ball. He does, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. He's minus it when he first rocks up, and it's like. And it's the whole, you don't want any part of this. And you go see him fight this giant water creature. And you're like, okay. And then the goldfish bowl's there. It's like, yes, it's fucking in the movie. Um, <clears throat> and people on TV at the end, the group watching him on the news going like, this guy's really cool. He's like Thor and Iron Man combined. <laughs> and people have pointed out as well, <clears throat> his powers, it's all the green mists and everything. Yeah. But then when you see him fighting the water creature, it's like runes in the air with the eye in it. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. And people are going, that's very Doctor Strange, the way that looks. Yeah. Of course it is, if he's fucking copying stuff people recognise to convince you all he's a good guy. Yeah. It all plays into it. And not only that, here's a fun one! So, I think there is another Spider-Man villain in this film. Which one? It appears to be homage, because it's the Elementals, and there is a water creature at the end. And obviously, you know, people go, oh, that's kind of like, this is this is their way of sort of giving us Hydro Man. Okay, fair enough. What if no, it is it's actually Hydro Man. Hydro Man? It's Hydro Man and he's in on the scheme. Yeah. And here's my reasoning for why. Okay. Scenes in Venice, there's a shot of Ned on the boat. Yeah. Close shot of Ned. And there's a boat behind him. And people are always hiding little visual references in the things. Like, there's a cafe in Venice that's... Uh, no, a hotel. Uh, the Di Matteis Hotel. Nice. A Hotel Di Matteis. Nice. So there's, this thing, there's always little visual references to, like, the artists and the writers and to characters' first appearances. And the code on this boat in Venice is ASM... I think it... I might be a number off, but it's like 121 one or well, one, it's, two, two. it's the first appearance the first of Hydro-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, but unless that's just an extra nerdy layer, they're going, oh, we'll put Hydro-Man's first appearance 
in the the water elementals scene just to sort of tease everyone. Yeah. No, I think it's yeah, a, yeah. I think it's a calling card. I th- I think I think I think Mysterio <laughs> is playing big with the scheme. I'm I'm not denying that he might have use he might have use of some cosmic power. He might have got hold of something to use to help sell it. Well, there's still there's no explanation for the rock creature and the fire creature. There's still a bunch of um <laughs> like other tech lying around from hmm. you know various Avengers things. There'll be even more stuff lying around after Infinity War. Mm. And we've um, got um we've got uh a bunch of armored goons like at one point like full blown guns in close quarters. So it's yeah. Like, Okay, so we're not just yeah. doing big fanciful stuff here. No. Uh, the stealth suit's got to be a stealth suit for a reason. Yeah. But also, in lieu of Tony Stark's involvement in this story, that's where S.H.I.E.L.D.'s stepping in. Yeah, well, uh, one would assume a newly reformed S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, because... Uh, but, but also, like, here's the thing. That's playing to younger viewers as well, because what do a lot of young viewers... What was a lot of young, very young viewers' first exposure to Spider-Man in recent years? Ultimate Spider-Man the Cartoon. Ultimate Spider-Man the Cartoon series, which heavily started... Uh, with the storyline being Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. were training Spidey up in his <laughs> spare time and, and teaming him up with other heroes and giving him tech. Um, so that explained the two new suits. I love in the international trailer when you see the airport scanning and uh, they pop open the case and there's his Spider-Man costume with a post-it on it from Aunt May yeah. saying you forgot to pack this. And he looks terrified as he's looking at the TSA agent. And the, the, the French, it's like French, it sounds like. And she pulls a banana out of the case and is like, not allowed to bring this in. Like, oh, yeah, sure, sorry. And she throws it away and just yep. closes the case. And you're like, oh, brilliant. Yep. Um, <coughs> Aunt May is doing a thing at homeless shelter at the beginning. Yep. I don't see any explicit references, but it's totally a nod to Feast. Yep. Um, <coughs> like answering how their relationship is. It looks like they found a happy medium. And she's encouraging him. She's an encouraging Aunt May. She's like, yeah, you go out there and fight crime. Yeah. Big guy, you go do it. I yeah. believe in you. To the point where she puts the suit in the suitcase with the initials BFP. BFP. Benjamin fucking Parker. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me happy. Uh, um, Melissa is... is it, was it Melissa? She's explicitly being referred to as MJ now. So it's like, uh, here you go, guys. Yes. It's MJ. She's this MJ. is the MCU MJ. Deal with it. Do you know She's what? MJ. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and she she's great. The nerd, the nerd in me's like, give us a bit of homage, give us like a, a red streak or a tint or something. Just, yeah, just one in the hair, just one little, just one little nod to her famous Just a little hair. one. But I, I am all for these two playing off of each other. Flashes um, back with the closing lines of the trailer, fanboying over Spider Man. Yeah, they're doing it. We're getting to see it in a uh, film. Amazing Spider Man two twelve. Yeah, ASM two one two. Two one two. Yeah, there, there it is on the boat. Yeah, it's just like that's too. It's too specific a uh, scene to put that in. But then uh, the rock creature could be Sandman. Could be, but I don't. I don't think you want to throw a million villains in. Uh, I mean, this Homecoming Polygon... juggled three. Yes, uh, Tinkerer. Um, actually, four in Homecoming. Tinkerer, Shocker, um, Vulture. Yeah. But there was two Shockers, and the first one was credited as um, Montana. Yeah. So, one of the Enforcers. One of the Enforcers. Who was Shocker in Spectacular, Spectacular Spider-Man. Yes. Because um, they decided to combine those two characters together in that. Because they, why they not? They really well. Herman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Because um, um, when he died, I was like, did they just kill off Shocker? And then he hands the gauntlet to the other guy, and in the credits, the other guy's credited as Herman Schultz. This, like, yes! This article... <laughs> Shocker is in the MCU! This article <laughs> on Polygon also posits that maybe the maybe the um, the fiery lava dude is Molten Man. Too much, I think, because Molten Man's not a big creature. He's no, just no. He's a normal-sized dude. And also, if Mysterio's... you are digging up one hell of a of a, a bag of cats there because it... it's Liz Allen's older brother, and mm. it's like, are you really going to do a whole thing about? Yeah, this is also um, freaking vultures. Kid I think there and... have been multiple molten men. Though. Yeah, but it, it just it, yeah. yeah. It, I, I think I think it would be neat though if the if this besides is... you don't want molten man molten man in the MCU. When you are so clearly about to introduce a dude covered in flame in the next year or so. Mm. Look at the rise of Fantastic Four related I stuff think Marvel have been putting out recently. 20... It's like they're testing waters. Twenty twenty, <laughs> maybe. I know, but you it's don't. Not, you don't. You don't want to have. You don't want to have two MCU characters who basically look if the same. They're doing Fantastic Four, which they so well, are. Sorry, when they do Fantastic yes. Four, <laughs> they're not going to start shooting it until twenty twenty at the earliest i don't know I'll, I'll say this there's been a lot of quiet lately we don't know what the slate is beyond far from home we know a black panther sequel is happening we know a black widow film's in development and we know that there's a third spidey film projected that's the only cert certs we know now what's because they're doing humans no <laughs> Which, no, I mean, like those are the only Eternals? Those, those are the only definite. Eternals have been developed. We know they're talking about yeah, Eternals, and we know um, we know that Guardians Three exists in some form. It's yeah, just, it's Kevin just... Feige was out there again recently saying, "Yeah, it's going to happen." I, I don't know when, but it is going to happen. I hope they at least. I hope happen. I hope he at least convinces Disney to let them use James's script. I don't see it happening, honestly. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they do sort of get a bit of a boost if um, uh, Brightburn does really well. Yeah. Have you seen the trailer for that? Yeah. Horrifying. Mm. I love it. It's like, it's Superman! Mm. Oh, oh, no! No! Mm. <laughs> like, no, I don't want this, but I really do. Mm-hmm. In this, and it means that DC and Warners can't do an evil Superman story. Well... Because someone else will have done it, and they'll have done it better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it means they'll have to... Oh, be creative with Superman. Um, no! <laughs> Um, oh god Gail Simone recently on Twitter someone said like yeah but Superman's really boring and like that's why I never want to write him she said if you don't want to write Superman you're not a writer hey. and if you don't have an idea for Superman you're not a writer I don't have an idea because that character is infinitely interesting you've all just tricked yourself into thinking that grim and gritty is where you're meant to go to have interesting stories yeah like and there is so much you can do with Superman Superman is boring mm. he's too powerful yeah because the good Superman stories aren't about him beating up bad guys like that's not it's not what's interesting those about are, Those are your punch the air moments where you go, yeah, yes. fucking cool. And you make those moments cool. Like, yeah. they're really cool when that happens. Um, Captain America in the MCU is the best cinematic iteration of Superman since Chris Reeves. Yes. <laughs> like, they, well, Brandon Reeves did a good job. But I, the idea of the tone of a character. Yeah, like, yeah. Captain America nails it. He inspires Captain people America around is, him. Everyone goes, oh my God, Captain America is such a badass. It's like, yeah. Do you remember what you were saying before the first one came out? Yeah. And then you watch the first one and you went, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool, I guess. No, you're yeah. like, oh, it's bad. Yeah, it's because yeah. they've not wavered the character at all. See, the thing they've is... They've not changed him or altered him at all. They've just let you go, oh, I guess I'll watch it, and then enjoy it. The thing with <laughs> the thing is, is that Superman's greatest power isn't his 
strength or his durability or his speed or his flight or his x-ray vision or his heat vision mm. or his um, uh, frost breath. It's his ability to inspire everyone he meets to be Better. the best version of them yeah. that they can be. It's about, yeah, his, his greatest power is his influence and his good, like his goodness. Mm. Um, that's it. And and again, that's why, to sort of bring it back, that's why Spider-Man in, in, endures. Because again, it's about this kid who, and why the idea of Spider-Man helped inform a movie that didn't even feature the Spider-Man we're all yeah. following anymore. Um, like the idea behind him, the idea of you get back up and you do the best you can because you can do it. Like, That's one of the things Spider-Verse really nailed. Yeah. The, uh, there's always been an element of, but it's never really been done as well in any other Spider-Man adaptation as, the, as yeah, it was like in Spider-Verse. Beyond the origin, it yeah. never really comes up in the movies. No. In any way. Um, it is I mean, Spider-Man bit... 2, arguably the best Spider-Man movie, maybe on par into the Spider-Verse? Yeah. Um, like, Peter gives up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now he eventually gets back up, and that's the point. But it's the whole thing of there you go, like, dude. <laughs> he does the um... Doc Ock. In, uh, Doc Ock um, lives out that message a little clearer. In that yeah, movie by the yeah, end. yeah. He gets it in a bit in Homecoming where he lifts the heavy thing. He does lift the heavy because that's the that's the in, in, that's in, the... In the master planner um, sort of homage yeah. shot. That's the which, which uh, the is go in to PS4 example. as well in PS4 yeah. in the first in the first sequence when you lift that rubble for those people it's sort of it's a clear nod to that shot. He lifts the heavy thing. Lifts the heavy thing. Spider Man um, lift the heavy thing. Barry run faster. <laughs> do a do a bar- do a flip. Do a flip. Barry. Uh, <laughs> Spidey Barry do flip. It's the Flash from YouTube. Do a flip. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. Nice. Oh, and Scorpion was in Homecoming as well. Yes. So... Albeit, albeit pre. Tech gangster, no. what, not I'm, a private eye, but could totally end up being put into an experimental suit. Scorpion. As I was trying to say before we went off on the Fantastic Four MCU DC tangent, yeah, the best um, tangent. I would, <laughs> I if if I was writing a story where Mysterio fakes the elementals, I would have him you be using a crew of grifters who all have weird powers that he enhances with his special effects wizardry. Yes. That would make sense. So if it would make so sense if it was yeah. Hydro Man, Molten Man, um, Sandman. Definitely Hydro Man. Who would you do for like an air elemental? Um, I think that would be down to him. I think yeah. that would be down to him. Um, but Keaton is in the movie. Keaton. Keaton is in the film. There's nothing to say that you can't... Yeah. The air elemental can't be represented by a big fucking bird. Big bird! Oh my god, if they did this... Yes. And then chuck one more bad guy in. It's basically the Sinister Six. Sinister Six movie. The second one we'll have had after um, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Which had six villains in it. The one, the one that, that Sony have been trying to do forever. And, and then now better then movies have done it. Just stealth do it. <laughs> Working with Marvel. Just like, oh yeah, we've just got all these ideas. and uh, oh, oh look, we've made this Sinister Six movie by mistake. Oh, what are you going to do for your Spider-Man standalone universe films now, Sony? Yeah, sons of bitches. You tit. You big old tit. Um, uh, what so... do we think of Fury? I love the S.H.I.E.L.D. involvement. I love the Fury. I love I love Fury. the meeting. It's so... Because this it's is technically... so Nick Fury. This is technically film one in phase four. Yes. Phase four begins with this film. This is first post-endgame Yeah, film. phase three's been so long. 
Um, phase three has been the longest of the long. The longest phase. Coming to the point where the other box sets they've been releasing. Yeah. There is now a phase parts. three one out, and it's phase three part one. Yeah. And it ends with Black Panther. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, the, the, the Civil War, Doctor Strange, um, Guardians Two, yes. Spider Man Homecoming, um, Infinity War. No, no, no. Uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok, Thor and Black Panther. Black Panther. Like it, it, it's those six yeah. in that box set, and then the next one will be Infinity, Infinity War, War Ant Man and the Wasp, Wasp, which I rewatched last week and is amazing, and I love it. Um, all the stuff in the school is just some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Yes. Um, it's good. It's good. It's just brilliant. Like, <laughs> like him, just him, just hobbling down the stairs. Just to get thinking to the about it. Just it's thinking about that visual, visual gag and them saving uh, Luis's um, like flashback story moment for when he's got the truth serum. Like saving it for like an <laughs> there hour. There is and no ten such thing as truth serum. Oh god, I love it. It is truth serum. <laughs> On the Blu-ray, there's a series of outtakes which are just alternate takes of Stan Lee's cameo. Oh. There's like ten different versions. He says a different line in all of them, oh. and each one is funny. It's brilliant. I, lo- I love the one they went for. Like, well, the '60s were fun, but now. I'm paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of them. One of them's like, "Hey, my phone was in there." <laughs> Stuff like that. And I think one of them was, hey, my pills are in there. Which is like, oh, that's such a dark joke. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, oh, so yeah, so the next very one would be uh, <coughs> Infinity War, Iron Man and the Wasp. Um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel and uh, Endgame. Endgame. Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be a four-disc box set with a shit ton of special features, I'd imagine. So you should have left Black Panther till the next one, I guess. <clears throat> oh, no, they did. Ah, that's why I was confused. Yes, no, Black Panther has been saved to the next one. Because I remember seeing it and going, they've really left out Black Panther out of the box there. Uh, it's okay. like, oh, they've saved one. Okay. Yeah, because so then it's five and five. Five and, the yeah. five and five, yeah. You're right. yeah five and five, ten. Ten movies in phase three. Ten movies. But this is this beginning phase four, it there's a nice mirroring. Tony's protege yeah. being approached by Nick Fury, who's going, Yeah. You think you're you think you're the only one who does this? You think you're alone in this? Like, I'm about to get involved. And, yeah. and bring you in. Do to, we to the think? World of Shield. Do we think? Are we going there? Are we? Are we going to address the half dusted in the finger snap elephant in the room? Are we going to do it? Let's freaking do it. The check at the beginning that Happy's holding is signed by Pepper Potts. Yes. Who te- technically has been in charge? She's of, the Stark. She's been, CEO, she's been yeah, the CEO yeah. of Stark Industries since Iron Man Two. Yeah. But the inclusion of Pepper, the inclusion of Happy. Yeah, the inclusion of Fury now mentoring Peter and yeah. sort of taking him under his wing does imply that someone's not around anymore. Now it could be because he's finally buggered off, but that is not in Tony's character. Iron Man three, he gets rid of all the suits and decides to focus on being him. Age of Ultron, we learn that in the year since then, yeah. He he's put his focus into the the the, the mission of getting Loki's scepter in the yeah. Avengers mission. Yeah. But then we learn he's also been playing fucking Ultron. Yeah. As as an Ultron is a direct follow on from Iron Man three. It's like a suit of armor around the world. Like we shouldn't have to do this. Like let's why don't we make something that we can do it for us? We don't have to do it. Mm. But then Tony keeps appearing in movies, and Tony's been making new shit. Yeah, because he gives up at the end of Iron Man three, and then in Civil War. The reason that he's broken up with Pepper is it's because he couldn't stop. He just yeah. couldn't stop. It's not in Tony's nature to do that. To to, to to call it a day. 
Unless he's made to stop. I think one of two things is going to happen. By not existing on this mortal coil anymore. One of two things is going to happen. Yeah. Either one is going to make a heroic sacrifice in Endgame. That's my my theory. Uh, or him, two, de- defeating <laughs> Thanos will finally give him the closure he needs to just stop and properly retire. Yeah. I think to do that though, you need to then you need to keep him out of the films, if that's the case. Yeah, like, he needs to. No, that. I think they will. I think they will. I know that. I think either way, whether he's dead or alive and still knocking around, this is the la- the end game. Is the last time we'll see Robert Downey Jr. in a in a Marvel film, possibly barring a small cameo, Stan Lee style here and there. As yeah. the as the movies go on, I still, I still, I'm still sticking to my thingy of sacrifice play in Endgame. Because that's what Cap challenges him to in Avengers. Like, you're not the one that makes sacrifice play. And then, of course, he does in Avengers, and it fucking ruins him yeah. in Iron Man 3. And then he thinks he's he thinks he's all together again, and then stuff like Civil War proves that he really isn't. And then the vision he has in him, or Age of Ultron proves that he really isn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's ultimate closure for his arc, if, if he makes the sacrifice play and saves the day. Because um, he's stared death in the face already yeah. several times now. So it's like he's like, no, I can do this. Well, um, and and Cap and Cap Cap gets sent back in time to an alternate history where he makes it to the dance. Um, it's a lovely ending for those characters. Maybe, and, and then we get a Disney streaming service series about Sam Wilson and and, maybe and Bucky Barnes. Cap taking is, up the mantles of Captain and America. Maybe Cap is in this. Maybe Cap. Gets, maybe Captain America. They have to spoon. Maybe maybe part of Cap's sacrifice is he gets trapped in the Soul Stone, <laughs> and his existence in the Soul Stone is him living out a life with Peggy. Nah. Rewrite time. Send him back to Peggy. <laughs> Send him back to Peggy. <laughs> Give them both a happy ending. Oh. We know Peggy. We know Peggy had a nice life, but she always held on to what could have been. So give alternate Peggy the happy ending at the same time as Steve. I'm Do so it. excited for Endgame because, as much <laughs> as I want to see infinite amounts of Chris Evans as, as Captain America and. Um, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, I also want closure for those characters. Yeah. Because we know it can't last forever, so better to go out on a high. Yeah. And that's the thing you don't get with reading comics, is you don't really get closure. No, because it's very, it's very rare that a character bows out for yeah. good. Occasionally they'll do, like, <clears throat> what-if future stories. Like yeah. in the 2000s, Marvel did that run of, insert series name here, mm. the end stories yeah. that were like... Um, what if endings for various characters and teams? In recent years, um, there's been some sort of like, oh, they finally done it. Like the death of Wolverine which was permanent until it was. Then they brought back Old Man Logan from his timeline. So yeah. that so uh, alongside there being Wolverine being X twenty three, and now Wolverine's there was also back. a Logan there, and now Wolverine's yeah. back. Which I've not read any of his returns. Yeah, so I'm so behind on all that. I, I, I should I'm, probably catch up. I'm I'm still catching up on Spidey. Um, yeah, I need to catch up on Spidey, man. Do you need to catch up on Spidey? I, As we I, will. I jumped on into... the July fifth release date. Yes. Oh, I, I jumped into um, the new Jason Aaron Avengers and oh. uh, Immortal Hulk. Well, we talked about Immortal Hulk on Best of Twenty Eighteen. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm. I know some of what's going on in the current Marvel universe, but not a lot of it. Okay, so you no. you dabbled. Yeah, I know that Captain Marvel at the head of Alpha Flight has replaced Sword. As the in, Wait, as the interstellar defense, Captain Marvel and the head of Alpha Flight. Car- no, Captain Marvel as the head of Alpha Flight. 
Alpha Flight has replaced Sword? Yeah. What? So Alpha Flight is now a organization that's been scaled up to be a planetary defense thing. Okay, I um, mean, good for them. Takes them out of the Canadian mountains for a bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I know that. I know that um, that's kind of it. That's <laughs> all you need to know, really. A lot of it's gone back the to the status quo, really. That have uh, the, 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 the past. But yeah, uh, July 5th, Spider-Man Far From Home. Excited for it. Let's talk about something that you've watched and enjoyed recently. Let's talk oh. about... Um, no, when, when you're oh. not Randy Pitchford. Um, <laughs> um, we're not going to go into that new story, but fucking hell, you should look that up. Um, and tell me about Lemony Snicket, Chris. Uh, A series of unfortunate adventures. What the hell? That should be the spin-off. <laughs> unfortunate <laughs> adventures. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> my favourite books as a teen... Weren't Harry Potter? Fuck you, everyone else! Fuck you, Harry um, Potter! Though I did enjoy them, but they weren't my favourites. My favourites were Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, which were 13 books released between 99 and 2006? I don't know, don't look at me! Um, featuring uh, the, the, the stories about the Baudelaire orphans and the tragic fire that takes uh, their parents and their home away from them, and then the series of guardians that they are uh, taken to be uh, adopted by, as arranged by the the person in charge of orphan affairs and their fortune, Mister mm. Poe at the bank. Um, they first go to stay with Count Olaf, who is their uh, closest relative uh, geographically. <laughs> I love that. That's, I do that love that. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, they go to stay with him, who's a, 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 a head of an acting troupe, a despicable human being, an alcoholic, a bastard, a very violent man. Uh, who makes it very clear quite early on that the only reason he's taking them in is because as soon as Violet becomes of age, he's going to steal their fortune. Of course, he, he he's is. like, I'll be in charge of it because I'm your guardian. <clears throat> and then when they make it clear, well, we won't let you, he hatches a horrible scheme uh, whereby he puts on a play with his theatre troupe and Violet, it's going to be called The Marvelous Marriage and Violet's going to play the bride in the story. Yes. And he's playing the handsome count she's going to marry. So it's all kinds of creepy and weird. Oh, yes. But they, they discover... Over the course of it, that basically he's the marriage documentation is going to be official, and Justice Strauss, their kindly neighbour who is a judge, is going to officiate the wedding in the play in universe and but, in yeah, universe. Yeah, so so through some yes. absolute genius wonderfulness, Violet, the very last minute through hardships and tolls and everything undumbered, um, uh, Klaus saves uh, Klaus and Sonny get uh, sort of save themselves that they you know. Uh, Sonny's the baby who bites things and Klaus is the bookworm, yes. middle child. Uh, and Violet, the last minute in the book, and they changed it in the film to annoy the book readers. Um, <laughs> uh, last minute in the book, she signs the document and everything's thinking, and Count Olaf proudly announces to the audience that they've just been witnessing a, for, you know, a fake show and it was a scheme and he just bra- brags about what he's done. Mm-hmm. And then Violet points out that she signed the document with her left hand. <laughs> and she goes into the lore of it all and how it's like, no, it's got to be done with like the correct hand, this, that, or the other. And he then starts to turn it around, but of course, at this point, the audience are advancing. Like, hang on, we've got to stop him. So he escapes. Stop him! So the next seven books are then being assigned to different places and people, and Olaf's relentless pursuit of them through the means of disguise, murder, and subterfuge. Um, Sometimes all at once. Now, series one of Lemmy Snicket's series of unfortunate events came out on Netflix in 2017 and did a really yes. damn good job at adapting books one through four. 
So that was great because it was like, oh, let's watch how those stories can be uh, adapted straightforward wise because the film adapted the first three books but we yeah. mashed them to work it into a film. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't necessarily 100% happy with the prior movie adaptation yeah, as a I fan. Wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of the movie. I think it's a gorgeous looking movie. I think it's got a great tone. The score is one of my favourite film scores ever. You do love a good film score, though. I do. That, that's a Thomas Newman one, and it's, it's beautiful. Um, and I thought the casting for the film was very good. Uh, the, the unfortunate side was, um, once Carey was locked in as Olaf, the Glodian Studios reworked a lot of Olaf's dialogue and tone. Yeah. Uh, which sucks, because when you watch the costume tests, Jim Carey is improvising in character in all four of the costume tests on the DVD. And he's so much creepier. Yeah. And it's like, God damn it! Like, you know, that's why he signed want, on to do it. And then he... I want that you know, Olaf! Yeah. But great casting throughout the films. Like, um, Timothy Spall as Mr. Poe. Billy Conley as Uncle Monty. Meryl Streep as Aunt Josephine. Um, you know, it's like some really, really solid casting in there. Jude Law as the voice of Lemmy Snicket. The, the mysterious author of these works. Who, throughout the books is basically letting you know that this is an investigation into what happened. He wants to find out what exactly became of the Baudelaire's <coughs> the and Baudelaire. put the story out there in the hopes that it might, you know, Orphans. raise more awareness of what happened and eventually find out what became of them. Yes. Um, and he, he keeps saying to everybody throughout the books and throughout the series, they do this, uh, they keep reinstating, like, if you don't want a horrible story... You need to stop watching this. Or you it's, need to stop reading. Like this is not for you. It's like, going to be horrible. Yeah, like, it's 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 so well done. Um, so, uh, you know that's that's it's it, it's great because the whole thing is constantly daring you to stop doing it. The theme song for the show, the lyrics are "Look away, look away." Yes, <laughs> I think I think I, I watched. The, I only think I, I think I only watched the first one actually. The first episode, episode. so yeah. the first half of the bad beginning. Yes, because uh, that's what's really nice about this. Like it's they went in with a plan, and the plan was three seasons, adapting all thirteen books, two parters for every book, except for the last book, which would be a one episode, but a slightly longer episode. Um. I do and, like it when they have a plan. Well, Netflix gave them series one and said, like, we'll green light series two and three based on how it does. And within the first day of streaming, they went, yeah. So they went, yeah, fuck it. You can have it. Go make it. And the turnaround was phenomenal because they got series one out in January 2017. Yeah. Series two out in January 2018 and series three in January 2019. And which, it is... Which you'd have to, I guess, because the kid actors age quickly. Especially and... Sonny Baudelaire, which they reference. Yes. They reference, she goes from being a tiny baby to a small toddler over the course of the three series of stories that take place over the course of about four months. And they reference it in series two. Brilliant. There's a uh, the Series one ends with them sat outside the vice principal's office in the in uh, proof preparatory school, leading into the events of the Austere Academy. Um, and then season two opens with them still sat there and they comment on how they feel like they've been sat there forever. <laughs> it's almost like they've aged <laughs> in waiting and then it just has sort of a lingering shot on Sunny for a second as you go, that baby's bigger! <laughs> Which is really nice. It's just, because the, the show, the show wonderfully... I do think I need to watch this. The show wonderfully breaks the fourth wall in lovely, subtle ways. There is no fourth wall! Aha! Uh, like in the run-up to the Marvelous Marriage being performed at the end of episode two. Um, there's a whole thing 
where they're all last complaining about the theatre is so underappreciated, people waste their time sitting at home watching streaming television like the pigs they are. The theatre. <laughs> things like that. So yeah. it's, just, it's just loads of things like that. There's loads of little nods. There's a bit There's a bit in last season where uh, Olaf is, is berating someone for something and he says um, this... Uh, uh, he says something like this... Um, this this absurd Nickelodeon will not stand. <laughs> and, which, which, you know, because he, he's, refer, he's referring to a display, so it's this yes. Nickelodeon, this penny cinema. Yes. But you're like, that's them going in their third yes. season. Fuck you, movie adaptation. Yes. <laughs> like, at the end Very of good. Um, Very good. Which is nice. And the thing is, a lot of the people involved in the movie are involved in this, but it's the people who were involved in the earlier production yeah. who then kind of got shoved to the side, including Daniel Handler, Lemony Snicket himself. Yes. Uh, Daniel Handler's the American author who plays the role of Lemony Snicket in the books, um, and, uh, and you know that because the spoiler alert: the reason the author's name keeps being brought up is because the author is a character, uh, not in the stories, um, merely trying to find out more. But uh, the more, the more, the more it goes on, the more you realise how connected he is to all of it. Um, and this series finally kind of yes. wraps it up in a way that has upset some fans of the books. I've noticed online. Uh, book thirteen. That never happens. Every 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 book has thirteen chapters, and there are thirteen books. Uh, every cat had seven words. <laughs> but like, so book thirteen, yeah, has a chapter fourteen. Oh, and the chapter fourteen is set uh, sometime after the end of the story, and sort of gives you a and here's what possibly happened next, but it's still ambiguous. Sonny grew into the largest baby the world had ever seen. Sonny was Hydro Man all along. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so what this does is this adap- this adapts the the epilogue. Yes. And expands on it. Yes. And I liked it because again it's it's I don't like it in some mediums like The Walking Dead for example. Robert Kirkman was involved in The Walking Dead in every possible way, but some story decisions he made in the seasons I watched made me go. I don't see why you've changed that. I don't know I think how you just changed much... that for the sake of changing that. Your story had more impact when this happened to I this don't know character. how involved he is anymore, to be honest. Oh, but, but in the early seasons, just like choices they made. Yeah, I suppose. Like, the only character change they made in the books that I was kind of there for in the first, second season was keeping Shane around a bit longer. Yeah. Because it, it, it built up the tension between him and Rick. Yeah. Um, like, that's fine. Because Shane is just in book one of, of the first story arc of, yeah. of, the, of the comic. And then is dug up in story arc three briefly yes for being shot in the head and then buried again yes um bit like my interest in the show yeah dun, 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 dun. hey um <laughs> oh god uh but this this is one of those where it's like this is not the books no it's an adaptation and as such daniel handler's well within his right to go do you know what i'm gonna add to this a little bit like Not, if if anyone is I mean, in the position changes, to do that, there are you changes wrote in the series. It. Yeah, there yeah. are changes in the series. New characters are invented to help with a, a an ongoing like through narrative and stuff as well. Um, so there's plenty of that going on. Yeah, and it works really well. Some characters are combined. Uh, some characters are, have their backstory um, extended so that they appear earlier than you realize if you're a reader of the books. Earlier than you realize, so when they do pop up in the story, you go, "Wait, it's them!" That's neat. Like, which is really, really, really cool. There's a character in series two that does that, especially. Each series has a subplot that's you know, like not the main story going on during it. Yeah, yeah. That you, as the viewer, get to follow. Um, each series has a distinct one. 
So there's one in the first series, there's one in the second, and one in the third. They're all tied in, and they all are connected to what's happening in the stories. But it's, it's nice because it means you can always think of it as, oh, the series with those two characters doing this. Oh, the series with uh, those three doing that mission. Oh, the series where this is happening. Do you know what I mean? So it's quite nice in that way. It gives each series mm-hmm. its own flavour, even though it's all one big story. Um, series three was such a great way to wrap it all up. I mean, where to begin? Uh, casting, the, the returning cast are all excellent. The Baudelaire's are fantastic. Um, they get a bit more bit more to, to flex and play around with this year. Because that is one problem of the first couple of years. There's a lot of samey notes from them and them as actors were doing you know doing well but it just wasn't quite hitting yeah this year they get a lot more to play with um and and they shine um neil patrick harris is olaf my god yes <laughs> a thousand times he's the guy because this is the, the series series three adapts the slippery slope the grim grotto the penultimate peril and the end and this is the most again up and down that olaf gets to be because he meets certain characters which change the status quo for him yeah um he gets to do some of his nastiest stuff in this series like some of the stuff that makes you go oh yeah we're laughing watching him but also this is a horrible murderous i mean he is a nasty ass cracker yeah he's 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 the worst of all the honkies yeah um (laughs) god um and this i mean even they even add a murder into this series oh good which is horrific Ooh. they refer back to you don't see it see it but they refer back to it in a certain way like every time they describe it it involves it involves a large giant pot of of curry oh and when it's referred to in the past tense it's referred to as boiling curry oh uh, and i'll leave it there but uh it's oh. like oh oh did he really do that oh god he did oh that character's not here anymore Oh God! Oy. Oh, but they were nice. <laughs> like, oh, it's horrible. Um, From what you've told me, though, I feel like that's nearly all of the murders in it. Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> God! There's no, there is no. Um, all the deaths are cartoony, and but then when described or referred back to, you go, Oh God! Yeah, that is really horrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's because they're not. It's not cartoon logic. It's just visually very yeah cartoony. Um, the, the, the aesthetic for the show holds up beautifully. The costume design for this run is amazing, especially for Esme Squalor's costumes. Um, she looks fucking hilarious in most of it. Um, there's some really nice surprise guest turns, people popping up here and there. Patrick Warburton gets to play a little bit more than just being Lemmy Snicket in the omniscient narrator role. Oh, that's cool. Uh, because uh, finally we start to learn about the connections that have uh, there are exist between our <laughs> storyteller and, and the story in hand. Um, oh god, what's the actor's name? She's uh, she's Rose in Get Out. Uh, something Williams? Uh, Is it Alison Williams? You think so? Oh god, hang on. Hang on, I'm going to switch up. Go, 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 go. I'm, I'm catching a wingle, so... I'm well, aren't you, Captain... I'm preparing for our battle. Captain Dingle Dangle. I think it is Alison Williams. It's Alison Williams, yeah. yeah. Uh, she plays a role in it and is an excellent addition to the cast. Um... <laughs> my favourite addition to it all though the last story takes place on, on an island with a, and there's a small society there mm-hmm. uh, that is looked over by a, a seemingly uh, sort of kindly uh, village elder okay who's called um, he's called Ishmael uh, he's called Ishmael and a recurring thing in it is people go thank you Ishmael please call me Ish um, 
It's just a, it's just a little thing. Um, in the book, he's quirky and a little bit mysterious, and Peter McNichol plays him in the show. Oh, and he's yes. excellent. He's so yes. good. Um, it's it's just it is a wonderful conclusion to it all. Uh, and they made the smart decision of making the end just the one episode because it is yeah. in terms of uh, story, it's the most static of all the stories. Like it takes place on one location. Okay. So to stretch it to two would have been a bit odd. Yes. Um, it would have been too much padding. Yes. Um, but it's such a satisfying conclusion. And I can say that as someone who loves the books. I, I just, I don't mind the changes and the expansions to things because it's an opportunity to spend more time with these characters. Um, it's almost as if adaptations don't diminish the existence of the original material. Yeah. They, they provide an <laughs> alternate look at it. An adaptation, if you will. Yes. Um, but and also keep an eye out for Morena Baccarin in uh, a very brief role. Hey, being amazing because it's Morena Baccarin. She's always amazing. Yes. So uh, I like it. yeah, uh, if you've not watched it, guys, you can binge watch the whole effing thing in like a week. It's thirteen stories, uh, twenty-five episodes. Do it, do it, do it. You won't regret it. If you if you love if you love telly. If you love fun, uh, family-friendly stories with a sinister bent to them, if you like impromptu musical numbers happening at least once a season because you've got Neil Patrick Harris, so why wouldn't you? Uh, if you like Nathan Fillion in a moustache and a turtleneck, like you need to be watching this show. All right, all right. I'm there, is now a really, I'm there is a really nice subtle reference in season two to, to uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Oh, fantastic. In, in the scene where you finally get to see Fillion and, and Patrick Harris in a scene together, there is a line of dialogue that's just like, that's in there just to make me smile, you bastards. Reunited. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Very good. Avoid it at all costs, is what I'm saying. Don't watch Excellent. it. Whatever you do, do not do don't, not do not watch this television show. Yeah, don't just just don't, guys. Don't fucking do it. Um, it's amazing. So, young man, you gave me an interesting piece of news when you arrived today. Uh, was it about my rash? N- uh, no, not about the rash. I, why do you want to talk about the rash so much? I just I don't have enough creams. Oh god. Um, uh, no, no, no more rash talk. I'm placing a moratorium on rash talk. Um, that's a bit rash. Oh, fuck you. I hate you so much. <laughs> you told me that over at Sony, there is a Ghostbusters sequel <laughs> in development. <laughs> now, I thought that movie didn't do too well. Wow. Oh. What's, what's the crack? What's the crack? Funny you should say that, Matthew, because <laughs> it ain't a sequel to 2016's Ghostbusters Retroactively titled Ghostbusters Answer the Call. What? Sony have just greenlit a greenlit. Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. That is about to enter production. Yeah. Following on. Yeah. From the original series. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I'm not rolling my eyes at this, I mean, someone on Twitter summed it up beautifully with that gif. From the Simpsons of the kid going, stop it! Stop it! He's already dead! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But, (laughs) the reason I'm curious about this one is the reboot is being headed up and directed by Jason Reitman. 
Oh. Now, Jason has been a director in his own right, but the reason... Um, the reason why Jason Reitman's name might ring a bell if you're not a big film doof is because, yeah, that surname's the same as his dad's surname, Ivan Reitman, the director of Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. What? Uh, I'm quoting the Empire Online summary here. Yeah? Okay, tell me about the Empire <clears throat> Online summary. He's someone with no small connection to the original Ghostbusters films, as his dad Ivan directed them, and he brought his son along for the ride. I've always thought of myself as the first Ghostbusters fan when I was a six-year-old visiting the set. I wanted to make a movie for all the other fans, Reitman tells Entertainment Weekly. This is the next chapter in the original franchise. It's not a reboot. What happened in the 80s happened in the 80s. This is set in the present day. What happens in the 80s stays in the... No, not in this! Um, Reitman has come to a story that will follow on from his father's two films, working with Monster House's Kilgeenan to write the script. And he has the stamp of approval from Reitman Sr. There'll be a passing of the torch both inside and out, the elder Reitman says. It has a decision. He had It, it was a decision he had to come to himself. Uh, this, this is what I, Ivan Reitman's saying. Yeah. He worked really hard to be independent and developed a wonderful career on his own. So I was quite, quite surprised when he came to me with Gil and said, I know I've been saying for 10 years I'm the last person who should make a Ghostbusters movie. But, but... I have this idea. Literally, I was crying by the end of it. It was so emotional and funny. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Unless you think that um, Jason Reitman is dumping on Paul Feig's effort from 2016. Yeah. I have so much respect for what Paul created with those brilliant actresses and would love to see more stories from them, he adds. However, this new movie will focus on the trajectory of the original series. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel to Ghostbusters 2016, but... Yeah, but with, not with not Paul, with Paul Feig. Helm. <laughs> no! Uh... Producing, Keep that cast, producing but... sure. Yeah. Not not directing no. and, and not him no, and no, no, no. um Oh god who wrote it, what was the name? I Kate Dipple. Don't know. Not those two writing it, because take away the improv and that movie's weak source as a plot yeah. in general. <clears throat> uh, add the improv and it's weak source with a bunch of distracting improv. Yeah. <laughs> like so like that you fucking know. scene in the Dean's office where he's flipping him off that oh. goes on for six days now i hope this movie isn't a here are the three living ghostbusters they're passing the torch i hope it's not that but i do hope we get at least one of them in the movie yeah um max landis's treatment uh, that was doing the rounds a few years back for ghostbusters 3 had uh egon had gone like, and this was written before Hal has passed away yeah egon had gone presumably dead but as the course of the film goes, they realise that he got lost somewhere in his research and is probably in another dimension. And that's part of uh, the story for one of the characters is yeah. trying to figure out like all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Ray is running Ghostbusters New York. Yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters has a f- had a few other uh, franchises set up throughout the States over the course of the last 20 years. Yeah. But... Um, the only two that still exist are the LA and the New York branch because it's all sort of going slowly into bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, the LA one is mostly more of a tourist spot nowadays. It's just sort of like hot, <laughs> hot young professionals running the business. And come take photos <laughs> with the vehicle. Whereas the New York one is still kind of trying to do its thing. Um, but it's fell, fallen apart. Uh, they have a bit more backing now because the mayor of New York is Winston Zedmore. Sure. Who's no longer, of course, part of it all, but has always has always kept people at the EPA and that off their back. Yeah. Because he understands the work they're doing is good. It just may not be necessary anymore. He's been on the front lines. And Venkman left 
uh, years ago without a word to anybody uh, shortly after Egon's disappearance. Um, mm. And it's believed that he's just pissed off somewhere and has a family and just doesn't bother bothered about it. He still takes like a... I mean, he's very, he still, he still probably takes, has several families. He still takes like a, a, a minor monetary share in the overall like stock of it all. And that's it. Like the only communication... I think he described the only communication Ray's had with him for years is he sees on his bank statement that Venkman's taken his cut. Mm. Like, that's it. It's not even a communication. It's just a, there he is, he's alive. Mm. Um, so it's like, oh, okay. And that that draft was about a new team, one of whom was um, Egon's daughter, who's basically just trying to find out what the hell happened to her dad and is Ray's like, only connection to essentially the life that he had and enjoyed. Mm. So Ray really doesn't want her to leave because it's like, it's the only connection I have to my best mate and everything. And it's like, oh, that's really sweet. Um, mm. There's a couple of others. There's a kid who uh, has psychic ability. Like, he's starting to learn about it and essentially goes in originally as, like, an experiment. Like, someone they're going to test and then joins the team. Because you can at least do something a bit different with that. Nice, nice. Present the Ghostbusters slash Lovecraftian version of, you know, psychic ability and, and mediums. Uh, there was also going to be a whole thing where they're sued by a big religious group profiteering off of off of the idea of the dead and an afterlife sure sure it's sure. like so there's great ideas in here like yeah. it works really well um <clears throat> so if they do something like that that'd be great like you know so you, you can have you can have a couple of the characters appear in it but it's not like strictly a thing yeah. here, here's where you find that medium janine runs the business side of it all and is the one who's doing really fucking well with it okay that'd be great have janine in there just stick janine in um, CEO of Ghostbusters International. Yeah, and it's and it's doing really well. Like, mm. do, if you if you want to make it different from the treatment script that was doing the rounds, <laughs> it's doing really well because she understands how business works. Yeah, like she's on it. <laughs> she's fierce as fuck, and she's savvy, and she doesn't take shit. So she would totally make sure that it worked. Um, <laughs> dropping off a <or> picking up. <laughs> Very um, good. So I I I mean I'm I'm I'm, I'm I'm excited by the notion because Ivan Reitman's gone. Yes. And Ivan Reitman didn't get to do that with the 2016 one. He was involved mm. in the development to a point and then they basically pushed him away and made him work on Ghost Core, which was going to be the company that then would make expanded media based on the Ghostbusters property. Um, which Sony which, managed which to... only got around to making a game, which wasn't very good. No. Um... And uh, some escape room slash VR uh, stuff, VR yeah, stuff yeah. In, in Madame Two Swords and some other theme parks, which apparently is very good. And a VR game for PS4, which is dreadful. <laughs> so it was meant to be five chapters, it ended up being two. Eee. There was a giant delay between them all. Um, and this was all just because Sony kept pulling the plug on budgets. They were just like, no, all right, no, we're going to use that elsewhere. No, we'll use that elsewhere. But still make us a multi million dollar franchise, but we're going to use that elsewhere. Like, What's the point? They were working on an animated series as well. Oh no! That was going to possibly be a continuation of the real Ghostbusters slash Extreme Ghostbusters oh, continuity. Oh no! Which would have been great. I'm sad that that never happened now. And that would have been great because you just know it meant that they would have finally re-released the real Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters on DVD and Blu-ray. I would love to see Extreme Ghostbusters <laughs> again just to see how badly it's aged. 
animation wise it still looks gorgeous I've yeah watched, but, I, watched I, like I, I mean like the tone of it and oh, like yeah, yeah the fact that it's so 90s super 90s yeah super, great toys though the yeah. toys are amazing um kylie turns up in the comics doesn't she yeah, she's been brought into the because the comics are a the continuation ones, yeah. of, of the films. Yes, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, there's a, a replacement team, and they they her character is so popular that she has been retconned into that universe. Um, Excellent. So yes, because that, yeah, that's a team spearheaded by Janine. Yes, after they all go missing, um, they all get stolen away. Uh, God, those comics are great. Damn it! I've read I read the first, first five vol- volumes and I want to reread them. I read the first volume. I've not read anymore. I need to get back. <laughs> They're on. really good. Um, so I'm, 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 I am cautiously optimistic and a little bit tickled in the testes by the notion of this. I'm cautiously optimistic <gasps> that I'm going to beat your ass. Sorry, what? In a Pokemon battle. Sorry, what, son? After You've sending me a gift, finally. you disrespect me on the day of my daughter's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> so. As promised last week, we're finally going to have our Pokemon Go battle. <laughs> um, I think we can only do Great League. I don't know. I know um, we're quite we're quite good friends on it, aren't we? Three star. Yeah, I know, but I think I think it only uh, lets you. Um, let I me think out four I hours think... at a time before I have to sign in with my care unit. Oh yes, I think it only lets you do certain. Um, I think you have to battle a couple of times before you can go to the next league i'm not sure um but anyway i'm gonna go on to friends and i'm gonna go battle right oh well, we can do ultra league let's do ultra league okay show me your qr code so no, oh, not wait, you... go oh. on to the friends menu oh my god what go is this bullfuckery <laughs> i've challenged you right my bag is full i won't receive rewards for this match you might want to empty your bag first yeah, I'm empty my bag you, get, first. you get some pretty good rewards on, on battles all right okay okay okay, okay. <laughs> fascinating audio content <laughs> Emptying my bag. I'm going to use a lucky egg. That's what I'm going to do. Um, oh, your invite just came through. Oh, no. Um, do, I don't need to heal anyone, do I? No. no oh, no. The, uh, damage isn't permanent from the battles. Oh, I'm just when, making when sure you, when everyone's... You out, when you come out of it, they're all... I'm just making sure everyone's at, at, at high health anyway. Uh, high health. High health. High health. High health. High health. High health, 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 you okay. sir, are a dirt. I'm you sorry, sir, are a dirt. Ultra League, let's battle. One second, and I'm gonna bring my sexiest team. Oh God, just a bag of dicks. Just a yeah, literally a bag of dicks. Hello, here's my bag of dicks. I'm going to fight you now. I'm going to beat you up on a podcast. Okay. Let's describe... Oh, oh, we can't describe who we've got because that'd be a spoiler alert. Well, we can say... We can say who's coming out first. Uh, well, I'll be honest. Like, why break the habit of a lifetime? Hey! All right. So we are <laughs> waiting... Um... I'm waiting for, the, for Chris to choose his team. I've chosen mine. Chris in his <clears> Team <throat> Rocket t-shirt versus me in my Eevee hat. 
have an Eevee hat. I have an Eevee hat. That's a beautiful hat, sir. Yeah, I thought so. I'd like to touch it. I'd like to touch your hat. I'd like to rub your knee. I'm sending out Dragonite versus Chris's Crobat. I don't have a Crobat, you know. Um, yeah, the police took it off of you. Hey! After you busted in that gentleman's knee. Yeah, well, he was bothering me. <clears throat> he was inside a toilet cubicle. Four states away. Yeah. I'm charging up Hyper Beam. I'm charging up Hyper Beam. Oh, he's damn, son. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that was good because your crowbat was giving Dragonite some trouble. Um, Houndoom. Love a Houndoom. One I of my favourite Pokemon. Um, and he's going to take out my Dragonite imminently. Dragonite oh, is down. Houndoom with his Dragonite rib cage on the outside. Hmm, next one. Houndoom's rib cage is round the outside. Now I'm, round now, the outside. now I'm regretting my team makeup because now I've got Jolteon out. And originally I had, uh, yeah. That's had, filthy what you just said. I had someone on my team that would have made shorter work of um, Houndoom. Of my hounded doom. And now... Of my, um, of my Rufus Hound Doom. I've got an uphill struggle because the only other Pokemon I've got after Jolteon is weak. Can we just talk about how your Houndoom. move has the most disgusting name in the world? Discharge. Jolteon uses Discharge. Yeah. That is disgusting. Discharge. Oh, Jolteon got his Discharge all over my couch. <laughs> oh, man. Everywhere. <laughs> your Jolteon has Discharged on my shield. Again? <laughs> I thought he was house trained. Dirty shoes. Oh yes. Oh, oh yes. Oh, I'm going to electric shock, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, he's got his discharge. Oh, oh down his, you go. His discharge went off in my hair. Ampharos. Okay, let's see what Ampharos can do against me. <laughs> Absolutely nothing, because it's two electric Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely sod all. Yeah. Your rate of recharge for your discharge is really good. Yeah, it's it, well, it's not that, that powerful a charge move. You can unlock secondary charge moves as well. Um, I mean, you're doing it again already. That's yes. nuts. Well, I'm doing a lot of damage to you, and I'm getting a lot of damage done to me. So, like, I'm going to go down pretty soon now. You say that. I think. Um, yeah, I think you're. Gonna, I think you're. Gonna, oh, oh. Yeah. See. Oh no. I was, I was. I left no health left. So who am I up okay. against now? Metagross. Not a Metagross. I don't know what these Metagross. things are. It's a steel psychic dual uh golem thing. Dual dual type. Not to be confused with you golem. use zapped Oh no! Whoa! No One zap cannon took me right out! I, I had like nothing left. I had like no health left. Yo wow! Oh my god. Should we do one more, Cocker? I'm up for that. I'm bloody up for that, yeah. Shall we do one more? I'm gonna have a slightly different team this time. Same by Crimeny. Um and we're gonna see what happens. For those watching at home, how are you watching? Yeah, why are you watching how how are you watching us? Um creepy fuckers. So second match. Chris won the first. <coughs> Let's see if we can win this one. And we'll do best of three. Oh if not. Um Oh meets. Oh meets. Would you like to see some meat? Yes. Okay, so if Chris good. wins, this one is the champ. If not, it goes to a tiebreaker. Nice. Ooh, Muck! Muck versus Dragonite. Now, it's funny, because what's, what's Ekans spelled backwards? Uh, <laughs> God, death. <laughs> I think was the consensus. Oh, my God. We reached on That's that one. never going to go away, is it? <laughs> that clip exists. And it's on the internet. It. Oh, Muck! Oh, is he going to get me? Is he going to get me? Oh, oh just, not just, quite. He just discharged all over you. Sludge waved. 
My muck just discharged all over your dragonite. I'm charging up my hyperbeam. Coming for you. Coming for you. Oh, you blocked me with a cheeky shield. Yeah, that's weird about the the, the mechanics on this is you get you get two shields to use. Yeah, you don't you don't fight. block. It's weird. It's really uh, very yeah. strange. So you sort of have to basically pick and choose. You have to sort of yeah. guess guess how much health you've got and if it's going to sustain you to the next fight. Um, basically, it's really very strange. Du, 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 du. Right, that's mucked down thanks to Hyperbeam. My Dragonite has got a sliver of health. And I've got an ice type, so that's going to take me straight down. Yeah, there we go. I just slapped you with my Jinx. Um, that's not a euphemism. But here comes Daddy. Oh, it's Gengar. Daddy Gengar. Daddy Gengar. Um, He's one of my favourite Pokemon designs. Gengar's great. He's also a... It's like if Bart Simpson were a beanbag. He's also matches up to, Clef- to Clefable. He's a silhouette. He's, he's basically Clefable Shadow. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Have they ever written that into the Pokedex entries? I don't think so. Pokedex entries are horrifying. Yes, they are. What are your favourites? Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, Drift Drifloon. Oh, <gasps> is that one looks like a balloon with little hands the on balloon, strings and it carries children away? It carries children to the underworld. What? How? How do you get carried to the underworld? Uh, well, I don't know. Does that, mean, does that mean in Pokemon there's an underworld? Yeah. Oh, Rhyperia! Rhyperia versus Omastar! Yeah, you're completely wiping me oh, out. Oh shit, I'm actually doing a lot of damage to you! <laughs> Goodbye, Rhyperia. Oh my my! <laughs> I'm so proud of you, Omastar. <laughs> I'm so proud. Oh, Omastar. The best sat-nav. Make daddy proud. 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 <laughs> um, oh god, did you seriously just go that? Yes. Uh, all right. Oh best of three. Let's God. see who wins this one. Oh my God. Uh, proud. 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 Um. Fucking disgraceful. <laughs> okay. Slightly different team again. <laughs> this one's for the win. What does the winner get? Uh, nothing. Lifelong um, respect. But not from me. Respectpa. Or for our audience. Lifelong respecter. Lifelong respecter. <laughs> Lifelong respecter. Respecter. Ah, yes. Typhlosion. Oh, nice. Typhlosion. Good I haven't sir. got a Typhlosion. I present my Typhlosion to you. Yes, and I, I fight you with my Gengar. His move is going Ooh, to be pretty ineffective to begin with. doing some damage, sunshine. It's a fire Pokemon, but would you like to know a weird little thing about my Typhlosion? What's that? He doesn't have a single wow. fire move in his repertoire. He bites. Took me right down. He bites, and as you're about to see on your Kabutops, his special is Solar Beam. Oh, I really should have blocked that. So, my Typhlosion, a fire Pokemon. Oh! oh! Whoa! My, my fire Pokemon's main move is a grass move. Took my Kabutops right down. <laughs> um, that Typhlosion is gnarly, man. Thank you, darling. Oh, darling. Thank you, darling. 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 Yep, darling. Yep. Cross poisoned you down. Well, I'm yes, I did. Gramble you up a treat, son. Oh, shit, son. Look at him stomping around. Gramble is a fairy type, so you might want to use one of your protect shields against this cross poison. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. Thanks for, thanks for the hit. Thanks for the hit. I mean, I've already lost. I've only got. It's super effective, so it works through the shield. Oh, but only a little bit. But that's kind of cool, though. That there is a way to get around the shield to a point if, if it's a a move that's uh, super effective against yeah. the enemy. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just a tiny bit better. Oh, oh, I got you halfway down. I didn't, I didn't even, even get to whip out my queen. Oh, no, not your nidder queen. There we go. I got a rare candy for that. That was oh, good. Me too. Um, there we go. Thank uh, you, darling. Yeah, you beat me. Two out of three. Ain't bad. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorted. Right, let's get on to something uh, else. And we're not going to spend too long on this, but um, I'm just going to run through some things that you might find amusing slash... Uh, terrifyingly, uh, existentially horrifying. Um, Brexit. So, we don't what, want to talk about that on this podcast. One of the things that's been popping up on social media in the last couple of days is the is uh, 2009 to 2019. The, 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 the difference that's been made. Yeah, the 10-year challenge. Yes. So I thought we'd look back at what was going on in the world of pop culture in 2009. Just briefly. Oh, shimmy. Because the answer will shock you. Oh, God. Clickbait drop at one hour and 16 minutes. Um, <laughs> Timing. So this is this is an article from The Guardian in 2008. This article was published on the 27th of December, 2008. Of things to look forward to in 2009. Oh, God. Up. <laughs> Up came out in 2009. Do you remember how much you weeped, openly weeped in the cinema in 2009 when you watched Up? Because I do. I, I don't. I watched it on Blu-ray oh, four, months, mate. four months into 2010. I was just in bits in the cinema. Um, Monsters vs. Aliens, that came out. Oh, God, um, yeah. Uh, Coraline? That was 2009. Oh, oh God. Fucking... Do you know what? Coraline, late 2009 that came out? Yeah, yeah. That was the last film I saw before I moved to London. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, In the so... Movie, just avoid movies for a month. Uh, Bruno came out in 2009. Sasha Baron Cohen's the... Austrian fashion designer yeah, character. The, the not as compelling follow-up to that. <sighs> That was still yeah. funny for pushing uncomfortable social norms with, uh, uh, you know, very uppity people. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Not the, yeah. Oh, mm. how about these super memorable, um, <laughs> the super memorable TV comedies? Oh my God, are these British or like, American? Or uh, uh, Brit- British mainly. Uh, oh, amazing. Fr- I Channel- can't wait to hear these things that I definitely remember and are still around to this day. Channel 4's Free Agents. With Sharon Horgan. What? What the hell was <laughs> she's that? A sh- she's a showbiz agent failing miserably to fall in love. But then she went on to make Catastrophe, which is great. So there we go. Um, I've never heard of this. Uh, Stephen Mangan was in it as well. Uh, FM with Chris O'Dowd and Kevin Bishop as DJs at an indie radio station. I vaguely remember <laughs> that. Um, That's so weird. Clive Swift and Roger Lloyd packing old guys. No. <laughs> no. Um, Sanjeev Bhaskar. <laughs> that sounds made up. Sanjeev Bhaskar in a call centre comedy called Mumbai Calling. No. Um, is... Oh, God, no. Um, no. What? Martin Freeman and Rachel Sterling body swapping in Boy Meets Girl. Uh, what? <laughs> These are things that came out in 2009, Chris. Um, this was... A... Wait, what? I uh, know. Um... Joe Brand uh, in Getting On as a Nurse, which was directed by Peter Capaldi. You know, I do recall that one, I remember actually. it, but I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't know Peter Capaldi directed it. 
Um, uh, some other bits. Was that, and pieces. It was like was like BBC Two or BBC Four? Uh, BBC Four. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Uh, the Damned United with Michael Sheen. That um, came out. That was really good. That was well, really that good. Was movie. Ten years ago. That's yeah, terrifying. That was ten fucking years ago. <laughs> um, what else we got? QR codes. That's when they first rocked up. Ten years QR ago. codes. That's when they started to become mainstream. Yeah. What a weird thought. And the, now there's to, a QR. And now there's a QR code in the Spectrum game. To quote this article. Yeah. Developed in Japan as a means of tracking car parts. QR codes, highly complex barcodes, embedded with data, will increasingly feature on products, locations, and media. You users can scan them with camera phones to download extra content, says Tom Savagar. I mean, that's not incorrect. They're not as common now, but you do still find them on products. Mm. That's a that's a weird mm. thought. That's a weird thought. That it's not that they didn't take off; it's that their time has been and gone. Mm. that's the weird and there hasn't been a replacement people just realised I could just read the label <laughs> I could just read the label the Imaginarium of Dr. Panassus that's 10 years old yeah of course it is yeah because it was released the year after Heath Ledger passed away yeah oh fucking hell Crodman dude in the flaming sword of fire what and being human wait being human they were 2009 Demons was a 2009 thing. Along with wait, the... wait, wait, wait. Did being human start in 2009 or was it continuing in 2009? Yes, it was starting in 2009. Oh, God, I feel old. I loved being human. I devoured um, being human. Or the movie of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I recall. The uh, oh, fucking the Dorian Gray movie. Oh, that piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, and... The Robert Downey Jr. Jude Law Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, well, I, we, yeah. Was, we, we were saying this the other day as well that, um, and in fact, before this, I brought it up again that 2009 was when I was guest hosting on a radio show mm-hmm. about um, films, and that was when the stories first started circulating about a Sherlock Holmes comedy movie starring Sasha Baron Cohen as Holmes yeah. and Will Ferrell as Watson. Yeah. That same movie went into production hell. And finally arrived last month as Holmes and Watson starring and it Will should have stayed and there. Riley as Watson. Just think about that. That film took ten years to be made, and it was not worth it um, at all. Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton did a little show called Psychoville in two thousand nine. Yeah, that was the first series of Psychoville. Um, Joss Whedon uh, debuted Dollhouse. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah, which yeah. didn't have the longevity that uh, people wanted to. Um, but Eliza Dushku, yay. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes! Oh, remakes, here we go. Um, Bad Lieutenant was a 2009 oh, movie. Oh, Call New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, like that. I, ha- I like that remake. Harvey Keitel um, headed up the uh, US version of Life on Mars. In the Philip Lannister role, what Cartel played? Um, Apparently played so. Part? Yeah. Really? Uh, I yes. didn't know that. See that that makes me want to see it. Um. Well, I remember. I remember the consensus for that overall was, we've got Life on Mars though. <laughs> like even oh, America were like, we've already got it. Th- like we can already watch it whenever we want. The three D My Bloody Valentine. 
remake. Yeah, kickstarting the 3D uh, boom uh, the, just before Avatar sort of launched it at the end of the year. The Friday the 13th remake. <laughs> the first Friday the, the first 13th Friday remake. remake. Um, <laughs> and fucking hell. Oh, the American uh, Prisoner remake with J- uh, uh, Jim Kvaziel yeah. and Liam McKellen, which was shit. Oh my God, that was 10 years ago. Star Trek Eleven. Yeah, oh, of course you had the first day from Star Trek. <gasps> that's even... Do you know what? That's even weirder now because obviously the news with that recently being that 4 has been shit can now. Yeah, yeah. Like, what a weird thought. 10 years. Star Trek. 10 years. Um, Underworld 3. <laughs> um, Little did we know. <laughs> was it 2017 where we got the final Resident Evil and the final Underworld uh, in the yeah. same month? I, don't th- I think there's going to be another Underworld. It was weird though. It's like... But I don't. I don't husband think husband and wife director and star team has released the yeah, next chapter in their early two thousands yet still ongoing series where a leather clad lady <sighs> fights creature overly CGI creatures in labs. The difference being, <laughs> Kate Beckinsale I don't think is with Lam Wiseman anymore. Oh, so I don't think we're gonna get any of those. Um, Daybreakers. We're. Daybreakers. Have you seen Daybreakers? I've got Daybreakers. Daybreakers is yeah. really good. I like it. It's very. It's, a, it's very. Um, Low-key, weirdly, but it's got a great yes. premise. Ethan Hawke's really good in it. And yes. uh, Willem Dafoe's great in it as well, if I remember correctly. Oh, A True Blood? Started in 2009. Jesus. Fucking hell, man. Oh. Ho, 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 The superhero thing hadn't really gone into full gear yet. No, it hadn't. <laughs> but which we do get it. Watchmen. Yeah, the... the which is... The... the for the most part, like, well-remembered. I was talking about this with a friend the other night. Stuff. It's an adaptation that actually suffers from being too faithful in yeah. terms of narrative and structure. If you want if you want to yeah. try and adapt the book as close to the book as possible, it needs to be a TV series. Yes. With a very high budget. Yes. Um, <laughs> I mean, a film will not do it justice, but Snyder did a decent job. It's fondly remembered. X-Men Origins Wolverine Get the fuck came out, out in 2009. Get the fuck out. Uh, yeah, fuck out. I I was I ripped the DVD of that recently for my for my homeplex library, and I would regret just I, I well I just I, every time I do a rip I just do a quick scan through to make sure it's come out okay, and just Wade, is that you? Oh, fucking awful! Just the worst. Lee Schreiber's Sabretooth. Yeah, pretty decent. And it and it because fight with them in the lumber yards pretty decent. Especially because I recently watched uh, the original X Men. And that, like their mishandling of Sabretooth and that is legendary. Um, and it's weird because Origins would have been the pl- the obvious place to put a hint as to why he's like that later. Yes. But they don't. No, they don't it's do the, it. It's their first instance of, oh, fuck continuity. Because um, after that they do it a lot. Like we get returning characters who are completely different actors and everything with no explanation. <laughs> is this when the Dennis the Menace that you starred in started? No, the previous iteration kicked off. Okay. Uh, so Dennis... Dennis and Nasha started in 2009. Okay. Which was re- soft rebooted animation style and tone and voice cast with our version in 2013. Okay. So yeah, this, um, was, this was the Sophie Aldrin version. We've got the Wes Anderson Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. Damn fine. Um, damn fine movie. The Spike Jones Where the Wild Things Are. A Spike Jones joint. Hey. Um. Spike Lee joint. Spike Jones, don't take Spike Lee's joint. Oh God! Uh, Zoe Saldana uh, was starting to get recognised for J.J. Abrams' Star Trek and Avatar. 
A little movie called Avatar. To be fair, that was the year that her sort of star yeah. like rose to prominence. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what else we got? Twilight star Robert Pattinson. Cat. Cat Dennings in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Hardy. Uh, was getting ready to do Bronson. Wait, sorry. 2009. How does it describe him? Already a veteran of stage and screen. A veteran? Hmm. He's been, he's been around for ages. <laughs> yeah, but 2009, Tom Hardy's most prominent cinematic role was probably Star Trek Nemesis. Um, Sher Sharona was starting to pop up on pe- people's radar after atonement because she was going to do, she was doing Lovely Bones, which was Peter Jackson's adaptation of a book which tanked. Hang on. Was 2009 the year Bronson came out? Yeah. That is a great film. Yeah. That is a really good film. Really uncomfortable watch. Yeah. Hardy's brilliant in that. Um. So yeah, 2009 was a fucking weird year. <laughs> Would you say that this year is a glow up in comparison? Um. So far. Are we talking about like, in terms of pop culture, absolutely. Like, we are in a golden age for the stuff we like. Yes. Everything else, everything else, is fucking awful. Is shitting dreadful. Politics on both sides of the Atlantic is in a sorry fucking state. And unlike two thousand nine, we can't just bat it all away with one sentence, which is "Thanks, Obama." Fucking hell! <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Would anybody like to? Go to my private yacht. Yes, please. Well, I'll tell you what I'd like to do. Oh? I'd like to stop recording this podcast now. Why? Because we're done. We've covered everything on the agenda. <laughs> yeah, but that now means by sod's law, something big will happen in the next two days. Yeah, well, you know, we'll talk about it next week. <gasps> hey, do you know what? Fucking Punisher starts on Friday. Does it? Season two of Punisher drops on Netflix on Friday. Christ, I like The I... final season of Punisher. They will. I was going to say guarantee it. Within the next two weeks, we'll get. Oh yeah, there's not going to be a season three. Deb Brown Wall, I think, has confirmed that her appearance in that as Karen Page is the last thing she's done. Currently, so she's she's not recorded anything as Karen for Jessica Jones. No, no, no. no. Which which makes sense that that character. Yeah, but at the same time, it's sort of the only reason I think she'll have pointed that out is because it's that whole thing of them going, "Yeah, we don't get it either." I'm done with Karen, and just you know. I really hope she's not done with Karen. She's amazing. Yeah, but I do worry about her eyes just melting out of her face at times. She does cry. Just constantly. She's a crier. During series one, they did the press like New York Comic Con or whatever, and she was talking about the stories they tell, and she starts crying. She's like, oh, I'm really sorry. It's just like, oh, and she starts talking about the passion of the fans and how much it really, it really encourages her like, to want to passion be, of the fans. To be the best she can be in this stuff, and she feels the love for it already. That's and she sweet. starts crying, like, Deborah, you're fine. Deborah, you're okay. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, hardest working tear ducts in television, alongside yeah. Grant Gustin. So maybe we'll talk Grant about Gustin that. Grant Gustin cries all the freaking time. Yes. Uh, I presume he's still crying. I've not watched it for two seasons. He's been crying very fast, so you can't know. You can't see. Barry, cry faster. <laughs> oh, sorry. It sped up to so be. Oh. Um. <laughs> Anyway, that's Big Damn Cast for this week. Thanks for listening. As always, head over to YouTube uh, where you can see this and Adventures in Backlogging. Twitch, 
TV for some eventually backlogging streams and keep an eye out for other bits and pieces coming up uh, as and when we get to them. Um, at Big Damn Cast on Twitter, BigDamnContact at gmail.com. Send us your emails, thoughts, <laughs> diatribes, all that kind of stuff. We love hearing it. Um, Cry faster, Barry. Goodbye <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> for another week. Uh, be good to each other. Uh, Bye! Ha 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 ha!